Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, we were hoping the NFL would be different. We are hoping they wouldn't just fall in line with the rest of the, the woke mobs in pro sports, but looks like uh, they're not going to listen to me. They're going to put the names of victims of systemic racism on the helmets. This is perhaps the dumbest thing Roger Goodell's done since, uh, I don't know, since Maroon 5 played the halftime of the Super Bowl. Another big mistake. Also today, this is a big day in Massachusetts, but also around the country, a big day. A number of iconic restaurants have been put out of business by the uh, by the petty tyrant of a governor we have here in Mass, just like in New York and New Jersey and Michigan. This time it's the Sports Bar Fours and a, a legal seafood location. This follows Cheers and 4,000 other bars, but also there's some good news. The end of another dynasty, the Kennedy dynasty, ends today, September 1st, 2020. We don't have to talk about, you know, who's going to win that election, but we think we know who's going to lose it, and that would be the last of the Kennedys, Joe Kennedy Jr., uh, Joe Kennedy III. We'll get into all that with Alex Reamer on today's Callahan podcast, brought to you by, as always, DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they could help you lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. Okay, Colleen, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. You know, normally when we talk about sports, when we're doing sports, talking sports, we give the NFL, or I give the NFL credit. Generally, they do things right, and it seemed like they were on track to just kind of overshadow every other sport. The uh, NBA and Major League Baseball and hockey feels kind of contrived. It feels kind of preseason-ish, and the NFL's on schedule for a normal start, and we know it's the biggest, the best sport, and I was looking forward to it. And all I'm going to say to my old friend Roger Goodell is don't do it. Do not do what you're talking about, what you're planning on doing, and that would be this ridiculous idea of putting the names of victims of systemic racism on helmets. Uh, I believe it's on helmets, decals. I was reading... uh, reading uh, pro football talk, reading Mike Florio. And he says they're going to display the names, the victims of systemic racism on the helmet padding. So it's on the white padding on the back of the helmet. Where where it would typically say the name of the team, right? Yes, exactly. The name, I'm looking at the helmet right now. Instead of Cowboys or Patriots, it will say George Floyd. And the, the, here's the catch. They're going to have a list of approved names. So it'll be up to Roger Goodell or somebody in the NFL office on whose name can go there. But I mean, so he says it's going to be some of the names are George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmad Arbery. That's, you know, that's fine. But you know, there'll be someone who want to put uh, Jacob Blake on there. Uh, my question, and I'm, I'm, I know you'll have an answer for me, Alex. I know you'll have an answer. You are here to represent the Antifa left, and I appreciate that. But thank you. Who says that any of these, uh, you know, Breonna Taylor? Who says George Floyd are victims of systemic racism? I mean, it's that's not definable. You can't uh, come. To I don't that know where you're getting that. I don't know why you say that. I have articles that say victims of police brutality. 
Well, I'm just reading, I'm telling you, I'm reading pro football talk, uh, reading the, uh, it says, it does say police, police violence and yeah. or systemic racism. The head. Uh, well, I mean, Ahmad Arbery would be, I guess, systemic racism because he was not killed by police. He was killed True. by neighborhood vigilantes, right? Who were patrolling the, the neighborhood. So I think that's probably what that means to include him because he wasn't killed by police. But you know, you know, there'll be dozens of names of people. They'll be so debatable. Put it that way. It will not be black and white. It will be. Are you sure that was uh, systemic racism? Are you sure that was police brutality? Uh, it's hard to define. And my question, my first question when I saw this will be, you know, there'll be players who want to put uh, Jacob Blake on there. You know, the, the, right. the, the WNBA players spelled out his name with their shirts. This is a man, a violent sexual assaulter. Oh, this, is a, this is not a good man. This, you well, can agree with that, correct? Uh, I, I I never met him. I don't know. Um, well, you read about him. You seen his police record. You saw how what he did to the mother of his children. I mean, you you read the details of that violent crime, that rape. I mean, you you want to honor the man? For I'm what? not honoring him. I'm just saying that again. If you look toward, you can separate the charges that were against Jacob Blake and what actually happened to him the other week, where he was shot seven times in the back, unarmed kids in the no, car he had a knife he had a knife we don't you know, know for sure uh well we don't know anything for sure i guess but we know we believe there was a knife in the car and he was trying to get in the car so that's that's well, yeah, but we don't know what he was trying to do when he got in the car i mean and, that's not confirmed still is not confirmed well you know that uh, uh we haven't heard of this from too many places but you and i talked to uh george price an expert in this field who said the cops acted appropriately so that's at least debatable, Alex. That's at well, least. Well, you had our president last night say the cops choked, just like uh, in golf, where you, uh, you know, right. miss a putt. And he's getting <laughs> killed. I, I, I was telling Dave this. I watched CNN for a little bit this morning, just for a laugh, and they're just killing Trump for everything. And the and the the three foot putt is a big one. Well, I mean, it's, that it's, what's amazing is Laura Ingram is like his comms yeah. guy. She like rushed in to save the answer. Like, I know. Like, <laughs> she's like, you don't. You know, a choker. They choke. Uh, shooting the guy, they, they, they shooting can. the guy in the back many times. I mean, couldn't you have done something different? Couldn't you have wrestled? You know, I mean, in the meantime, he might have been going for a weapon, and you know, there's a whole big thing there. But they choke, just like in a golf tournament, they miss a three foot. You're putt. not comparing it to golf because, of course, that's no, what the media. I'm was saying that. people yeah. choke. People, people, people panic. choke. Yeah. And people. Well, yeah, Laura's just looking out for a guy, and uh, it is – I mean, it's not an inaccurate uh, analogy. It's just dumb and inappropriate, and uh, she knew it. But uh, it's, not a, it's not a terrible uh, analysis when you think about it. Is It happens in a split second. They react. Maybe they overreact. But in this case, that's not conclusive. That is not conclusive. We don't know. And, and we'll, maybe we'll be talking about it for months and years, Alex. Oh, but. I still haven't heard anybody else say what the cops should have done. You say wrestle him like the, he was going to say tackle him. Wrestle him. Yeah, wrestle him. Why not? That was my initial reaction. Yeah. You and I talked about it last week. My initial reaction was grab him, jump on his back. But then they say he has a knife and you can't tackle a guy, especially a strong, crazy guy who's got a knife. He just turn and you know, plunge it into you. Um, you need, I mean, I think, as, and George Price, who we talked to, was a former tactical instructor for the Department of Justice, said they acted appropriately. 
And every time I tweet about this, I get a hundred responses who say seven shots. You really need to shoot them seven times as if the number of shots is the problem. I mean, either. Well, I mean, I think the more times you get shot, the more dangerous the outcomes become. Correct. But it either calls for lethal force or it doesn't is my point. So, I mean, I think if it calls for lethal force, they did what they had to do. Um, the, The idea that he's now a martyr is bizarre to me. Again, WNBA's as woke as it gets. You know, these are real big feminists. I don't know if you heard last night. I'm sure, you know, you're one of your uh, job, uh, one of your websites, Out uh, Out Sports, will be writing about this. But we covered the woman, WNBA, yes. A woman in the WNBA last night set the league record for assists in a game with 18, and she got the record breaker passing to her wife for the uh, for this for the basket. Oh. The wife hit the shot, so that was historic. I don't oh, think that wow. ever happened in the NBA. Has any guy ever made a pass to his husband? No, but we'll be there to cover it when that does happen. <laughs> Some someday, Alex. But I, 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 and I find it amazing that Drew Brees is practicing now with Jacob Blake's name on his helmet. And oh, I saw it. you're very angry about this. It's just bizarre. Why do you I mean, care? Uh, this is what we do, Alex. We care about everything. You know why do I care? It's because you know what we talk about. <laughs> I know. I know. Are you, are you serious? That's one thing to get very so angry. You say, who cares? What do you care? I'm telling the NFL is pick your spots. I am surprised at the number of people. And I know I don't have a lot of friends and I don't talk to a lot of people. But And you do. I'm surprised by the number of people who are turned off. Not just hard right-wing zealots like me, but people who say, Enough with the with the you know the commentary and the names uh, and the and the Black Lives Matter on the court and the press conferences about you know Brianna Taylor. Just you know pick your spots, pick your spots. I think they're overplaying their hand. I don't think anybody wants to see the NFL go full you know LeBron James NBA. I just don't. Well, I don't think the NFL will because there are so many players and it's just a bit of a different mentality. But I mean, yeah, you're seeing black athletes and really stand up and uh, and make their voices heard. And it's, it's what's what's the, I just I just don't understand why. Like, what's so bad about that? So athletes speaking up, using their platforms. I mean, what because, is at your core the most, with that? Because it's the most intolerant um, part of society right now. Sports. And we talked about this yesterday, and I feel uh, more convinced than ever that the real – you're going to see it. I don't know when. Maybe in the NFL, maybe there'll be one you know crazy redneck lineman, Richie Incognito type, who comes out and just says, I love my country. I love my president. I would never kneel for the anthem, sort of like what Drew Brees did, and he will be a pariah. There, this is a monolith. You cannot step out of line, or you will get uh, vilified by your – by your teammates and by the whole league. We saw it happen with Drew Brees, Alex. If it's just some lineman or some linebacker, you know, for the for the Carolina Panthers, who says, "I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, sit there and honor Jacob Blake or even George Floyd," you know, I I don't feel it's appropriate. That guy will be crushed by yeah. the rest of the league. Well, and I mean, like, why would you say that? You're not going to honor George Floyd. I mean, why not? I mean, let just stay. It's not your time. It's not your time. So you don't want, you don't, uh, again, you, the, the, the left, the hard left, the Alex Reamer left is the most intolerant. Those are the most intolerant people in society. Why, right would you not, why, why would you speak out against honoring George Floyd? 
Well, I don't know, maybe because he was uh, on fentanyl and because he so robbed a woman. He held a gun to the oh, stomach of a woman in front of her child oh because he was a I don't know if that's violent, true, but criminal. Okay, so so he, he deserves so, so now it, Alex. That's so true. Now, so now we think so George Floyd deserved to die. That's where we moved now. Who said that? Who said that's that? That's kind of what you're saying. I didn't say that at all. Yes, you that were. is a lie. That is a lie. I did well, not what, say what, what is the, what, I mean, the reason why you send out these tweets and you get ratioed like I like I do or I used to. I don't to, get ratioed. Do you want to see my tweets from yesterday? People are on board with this. I like Mark James who tweeted yesterday that Tuke is uh, a disgrace and like is still getting quote tweeted into oblivion. Mark James, he's back from the okay, oblivion. I got a question for you, Alex. Yes. And this is, uh, do you know who Tro- Tamaris Bohannon is? I do not know. Who is that gentleman? You don't know Tamaris Bohannon. No, I, I don't. Should I know? I, I can Google right I now. Want, I want you to say his name. Say his name. Tamaris, Tamaris Bohannon. Bohannon. That? The St. Louis police officer. Oh, right. Yes, yes. 29 years old, father of three, murdered in cold blood uh, a couple of nights ago, shot in the head. Um, I don't hear Doc Rivers crying over Tamaris Bohannon. I don't hear. What if someone wants to put Tamaris Bohannon's name on their helmet? You think sure. they'd be allowed to do that? Sure, I would say that more police officers this year have died of COVID than being shot in the line of duty. So, I mean, again, it's all about perspective, right? I mean, is an epi- is more our- black men have been died of COVID than right. shot by cops? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It, it, exactly, without a doubt. And why have more black men died of COVID because of systemic racism, intergenerational housing? They're the ones who are the essential workers. So, absolutely, that ties into systemic racism and what's being protested. Um, I don't think that there's an epidemic, a widespread epidemic in this country of police being killed on the job. There just isn't. So, that's not a widespread epidemic of police killing people on the job at all. Oh. It's much more likely the cop gets killed by the perp than he shoots the perp and kills him, uh, particularly unarmed. I mean, we know the numbers. Uh, you can't even define systemic racism. Yes, I can. I can. To, everyone I, has to I, buy I, into it. Here's the best way to define systemic racism. It's one of my favorite stats. It illustrates is the average net worth of a black family in Boston. Let's just pick where we live is eight dollars. Why is that? The average what? Net they, worth they make eight dollars what a year? The net net worth, not not what they make. The net worth uh, is eight dollars. The average black family in Boston. Why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Systemic racism because they have been. <laughs> what do you mean? They, well, because because for generations they've been held out of housing. I mean, I've been reading a lot about housing the last couple of weeks. What happened in this country after World War II? They're denied federal loans, redlining. I mean, they're, they're not, they weren't part of the GI Bill, Jerry. They came back from World War II. White veterans could have went to college on the GI Bill. Black people were not eligible for that. I mean, that set black people behind generations. Slavery still was not that long ago. So when you talk about systemic racism, that's what we're talking about. Systems that have been put into place to hold people of color back. Okay. Is that still the case now? Is it still the case they don't allow black people to go to college? Or is it the opposite? See, I think it's systemic anti-racism. I think there's been measures placed in place, affirmative action, quotas, schools we've seen get in trouble. Uh, You know, Ivy League schools getting sued because they have uh, put measures in place to assure more black students, more black kids accepted. It's just like in the workplace. You've seen it. They're they're trying to uh, correct the errors of the past. It's not just not the case anymore. I mean, you well, but you look at you look at slavery. Where do black people live? They live in a lot of them live in the inner city, low income areas, and public schools. Even before the pandemic, were terrible in those areas. They're right. set that's behind because because, because racists like Barack Obama will not let them choose their school. Okay. They, you know, the the hard left fights. 
for the teachers union, the hell with the kids. They don't care about the kids. They care about teachers unions and they will not let these kids escape these failing schools. But I don't want to do that today. I want to ask, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised you don't know who Tamaris Bohannon is, but what if a player wants to honor Tamaris Bohannon? That's the kind of issue, the unintended consequences you're going to get from this policy of going all woke and having names of victims of systemic racism on the, on the backs of uh, the helmets. It's not going to go over big. It's a mistake for the NFL. I think they're wait, all wait, wait, when, go- you, when you say don't go over big, like what do you mean? Are people not going to watch the NFL because of helmet Some decals? People, not not well, most people. people are, no, well, how the, how, I mean, how are the ratings for the NBA? How are the ratings for baseball right now? I think people, uh, not everybody and not even most people, but some people are tired of it. They're tired of it. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, you really think that people want more, you know, wokeness in their, in their sports right now? I don't think so. I don't think I don't, it's ever had an impact on the ratings. It didn't a few years ago when Kaepernick knelt yes, and it doesn't. It, I it's, knew it's, it did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. And I mean, if you watched, for example, like any of these NBA games, like Rockets, Thunder last night, great game, one point game. I mean, they, they didn't talk about social justice during the actual game. I mean, they do it in a post game interview. Like, it's not, it's not part of the they game. Got, they got, do they still have the little expressions on their, uh, on their shirts? I, 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 totally, I totally agree with Alex. I think everyone's head is just out of it. I don't, I don't think any of this stuff has. I mean, I know we see it on Twitter. Twitter's not real life. And we'll how see. soft we'll see because how, football is different. Football is better and bigger, and football is on time and on schedule. And there's lots of interesting matchups. It was funny. I talked to uh, yesterday randomly an NFL ref, and he was talking about how they're gonna. Some of the refs, you know, are gonna be kneeling. He's he's not, but you know, he knows yeah. some of them will. It's got to the point where refs and and by the way, if a bunch of refs kneel, the ones who don't kneel are gonna be the pariahs. Um, I think, and I've said it many times, that on opening day, Tom Brady is against Drew Brees uh, on, the, on opening day, the two two of the biggest stars. They're both going to kneel, and it'll piss people off. There'll be enough. enough. You think Brady will and, kneel? Uh, Brady will kneel once. That's my prediction, once. Yeah. I think Brees said he's going to do it before the anthem with all his teammates, you know, like matter. the Cowboys did. Yeah, a few that's years that's ago. not really a but, – But Brees is – I mean, I, I think they'll be studying the Drew Brees example – for years to come. This is a guy who was absolutely vilified by his colleagues for saying he loves his country and he would never kneel for the anthem. Immediately he was called racist, bigot. Shannon Sharp, as I mentioned yesterday, wanted him kicked out of the league for saying he loves his country and would never kneel for the anthem. He had to apologize. I last count was six or seven times. His wife apologized. His neighbors apologized. His you know, second cousins were apologizing. He had to donate another $5 million or something to some inner-city charity just to get the heat off. That is a lesson that every other player in every other league is going to learn. You cannot step out of line. It is the most intolerant uh, part of society right now, professional sports. Or we, could say that, or we could say that someone like Drew Brees listened and changed his mind. Yes, saw the light. Saw the light, right? Yes. I mean, I'll be curious to see. Uh, I, I mentioned this before, but Jack Del Rio, assistant coach, is the oh, only buddy, only person I've seen in sports. Say, he's crazier than you, by the way. Who, who says, speed. you know, he loves like, Trump, he loves his he country, and if you don't like it, kiss my ass, he said. He's not a head coach. <laughs> no. assistant right now. For but, Washington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's true. Washington, maybe, you know <laughs> – Maybe they're going to take the team away from Daniel Snyder and uh, kick. You know, maybe they'll take action against 
against Jack Del Rio too, but you cannot do it and without risking losing your teammates, losing if you're a coach, losing your players. It's just an odd dynamic in foot in sports right now. And football was generally associated, you know, with patriotism and flyovers and and not kneeling. Yeah, che- I mean, cheesy, cheesy paid patriotism. Right. Yes. yes. Right. Right. And we'll yeah. see if that's if they still do that, you know. Uh, they still have flyovers and sure they will. veterans and servicemen and well, and I don't know COVID. I don't know if you're allowed to have flyovers with the virus. The virus. We'll get to the virus. We, yeah. We'll get to the virus because uh, good. I'm not sure. You're you're sort of a news junkie. Sometimes you amaze me at things you don't know, like Tamaris Bohannon's name. Do you know? Do you remember David Dorn? Do you know who um, he is? I know he is because we talk about. I'm sorry, Matto last night did a full interview, Jerry, with New York Times writer Michael Schmidt, who has a book out on Trump and Russia. There's more to uncover. Oh, Jesus, shut up, <laughs> Trump and Russia. That was the dumbest thing that ever floated. Although they've talked, to, you realize, and I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it. To, to, you know. Till election day, at least. But every single hoax you guys have advanced was fake. I mean, every, every oh, single right. scandal was fake. Every single scandal right, was a hoax. Yeah. No Russia, scandal. Ukraine, so great. The mailboxes, Kavanaugh's a serial rape. It's, it's been all just so good. Made up. Yeah, out of it's thin been great. Air. But it's uh, been we don't great. have to do. We don't have to do that today. Although I do want to, you know, kind of recap. Yesterday, we made fun of, or you made fun of uh, Trump for the. Golf comparison. I'm making more fun of Laura Ingram for being his comms person and making, and making her interview like less interesting and less newsworthy. I mean that that is sacrifice, Jerry. Where you're willing to sacrifice the entertainment value of your show to save your guy. <laughs> um, well, not necessarily because that's the takeaway. That clip is like uh, viral. Yeah, uh, what if he said you're like an NFL kicker and you choke? W- would you say that that's more appropriate than golf? It's. Uh, to be honest, I'm actually surprised that he said the officers choked in that situation. I, I agree. I agree because I think you could say – I guess he doesn't want to. He's been advised not to. You could say let's let the investigation play out. I think they may have followed protocol because – I mean that's I what think, he said basically to defend uh, his boy there, Kyle Rittenhouse, your boy, right, right as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he should. Right. There's no way he should not defend him. He should defend Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, the idea that he's being charged with – First degree murder or anything is absurd. Like, he did kill protesters, right? Two killed rioters who were attacking rioters. him, and they're you know thank oh. God for once, thank God everything's on uh, videotape and everything's uh, uh, photographed because we have examples of all three of them, the two who died and the other guy who had his arm blown up, all three of them attacking Kyle Rittenhouse. Now Kyle Rittenhouse was there to protect businesses because. The cops wouldn't do it. They, you know, the cops, because of a Democrat mayor, are told to stand down. Businesses are burning, being destroyed. People, business owners are being beaten up. So some, you know, concerned citizens had no choice but to take up arms and protect these businesses. I don't know how you, why don't you make the case right now for what, for murder, for Kyle Rittenhouse murder. You've seen the video, you've seen the photographs, I'm sure. Explain to me how that's murder. It, it couldn't be clearer that it's self-defense. I don't think so. How is that so clear to you? Well, for for one, they're chasing him. He's running away. He falls down. Uh, the the skateboarder Anthony Huber, the domestic abuser, a guy who's busted okay, for domestic right, abuse, right, 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 a yeah. terrible human being, is bashing him with the skateboard on the video on the head, and he turns and shoots him. The other guy is ready. Uh, Bo, uh, uh, Rosenbaum is ready to beat him up. He's a really bad guy. He's a pedophile. 
and he's scum. He's the worst person in, 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 in I mean, he's, he's a, a convicted pedophile, did hard time. He's about to beat the crap out of Rose uh, Rittenhouse, and he gets shot. And then the third guy has a gun, and he's about to shoot Rittenhouse. This kid did the only thing he could do to survive. It was self. You want to say he shouldn't have been there? You could say that, but he's got a right. He's got a legal right to be there, and he's defending himself. Yeah, bringing his rifle, though, bringing his rifle to the protest, right. walking by police, having police say, thank you for your service. Good. I mean, this is Good. like yeah, his pretty disgraceful. His rifle that his parents probably had to sign off on, right? Because he's 17 years old, right? Yeah, that's yeah. not unusual in Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, he's this little you know, cop wannabe, wants to be a cop. He's a lifeguard. He's there protecting businesses and protecting, protecting himself. Businesses. Good luck with it, because I'm telling you, they're going to dismiss the charges. They can't even pursue it. It's laughable. When they dismiss the charges or when he gets acquitted, one or the other, um, we're going to have a whole new round of rioting and looting. It's going to get ugly, but he did what he had to do. And he, the, the, the guys he took out, I, I know the media, and you got to look hard, Alex. I'm, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you want to learn about Rosenbaum and Hubert, you got to look hard, but you'll find out these are terrible guys, terrible guys who were trying to hurt him or kill him. Uh, the president was right to to not condemn. I, again, I was watching CNN and they were aghast in disbelief that the yeah, president right. condemn Rosenbaum well, Rittenhouse. Wait. Well, we, we, we should condemn vigilantes. I mean, we're at the point now where we have people. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse was going to Kenosha looking to start a fight with his gun. No, Why else would he bring a rifle? Law-abiding citizens because the cops wouldn't do it. And that this is the fault. They gave of the him mayor. water. What do you mean? The cops gave him water. I, I blame the mayor for, for not uh, – uh, Putting this, you know, these these rioters down a long time ago. They allowed the city to burn. It's disgusting. And now today, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. Donald Trump is going to make his way to Kenosha, Wisconsin, oh, and awful. he's going to he's going to visit the cops. Uh, he's going to visit store owners, shop owners, maybe the uh, immigrant uh, who owns the car dealership that was destroyed when they burned all his cars. You know, in the name of what racial justice for. For for Jacob Blake, they burned every car in the lot. Oh, it's uh, ridiculous! Oh, it's 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 ridiculous. But I mean, Trump going to Kenosha is only meant to further incite the violence and incite more riots, and that's what Trump wants. Trump wants the violence. Do you think if he didn't go, that they would settle down and there'd be no more violence? It makes it worse. It makes it's it absurd. worse. There's nothing. Donald Donald Trump, though, Jerry, you know as well as I do, has no interest whatsoever in actually uh, helping a community heal, if you will. He just wants to spread more division and rile people up. Yes. I disagree. He understands who the victims are here. The victims are the store owners, the shop owners, the residents, the taxpayers. That's who he's going to go see. All right. Today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. Yet again, I'm here with Dave McDonough. The good part about seeing you face to face, Dave, is you can throw these guides at my head when you're frustrated with me. That's correct. This is managing your money in retirement. Yet again, we're giving this away by the Center of Retirement Research at Boston College. We're giving it away again because there's a ton of people that took advantage of getting this guide and are acting on it. But there's a lot of people still out there that have not gotten their hands on it. Yeah, Dave, common mistake, leaving a 401k behind. Again, this market has given you a gift plus 50% since the end of March. So what we're saying is take advantage of this market. Take control of your retirement before the market does it for you. Okay. And I'm opening through the, I'm going through this guide right now. 
there is a little work to be done inside this guide, just to let you know. Yeah, you know, people need to put some work in a retirement planning, David, but this is a good exercise putting everything down in one spot and realizing that you need to take control. Perfect. Well, managing your money in retirement, you heard me say it before, go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. That is flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Don't be a dummy. Get your hands on it. If you do have it already, if you're one of the thousand people that did request it, actually open it up and actually write the things down that it asks you to write down. All right. Is that fair? Take control of your retirement before the market takes control for you. Flagship Wealth. I like that one. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. If you want to see what appeasing or placating these mobs, what it does for you, watch what happened last night. Look what happened. Review it in Portland last night. It's amazing. This absolute clown, Ted Wheeler, this mayor, it was his birthday. And he's been telling the cops to go easy on Antifa because he, you know, he's afraid of them. And he's like all Democrats. He's trying to placate the mob. They helped, they, they uh, set fires in his apartment building. They shot fireworks at his apartment. It's a high rise. They burned a, it's a furniture store. They broke in and burned and, and, and trashed a furniture store in his neighborhood. The cops were told to stand down and they destroyed the, the neighborhood of the mayor who told the cops to stand down. It's incredible. I can't imagine being his neighbor. You're sitting there going, Mayor, what yeah. the hell are you doing? They're ruining our neighborhood. Portland, as Trump said, is burning. It is on fire. The media is covering for up. For decades, you know, as he said. It's been burning it's for of, decades. Yeah. One of the great lies. One of the great lies you've been told. There's a lot of them. And we're going to get to that uh, another one or two. But one of the great lies is that, you know, it's not a big deal. They're not riding in, everywhere. They're, they're out of control. And it's playing right into Trump's hands. If I were you know, a Democrat, if I were like you know, Charlie Baker uh, and hoping that Trump was going to get defeated, I'd be worried because every day Antifa and Black Lives Matter provide another campaign ad for Trump. You don't understand, though. It's, it's, it's this weird mind trick. Like Trump is the president now. So how can he argue that if I were president, there would be less violence? He's the president now and there's more violence. In Democrat cities run by Democrats. Right, Democrat Democrat okay. oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. so Kyle Rittenhouse is from Kenosha? No, he's from an, a suburb in Illinois. Uh, those protesters who drove into Portland the other day, uh, the truckers, the Trump truckers, they came from the suburbs. So the violence right. is actually being imported from the suburbs into it's the city. It's not cities. violence. It's someone finally fighting back. It's been 90 days in Portland. What happened in Portland, which was terrible. Somebody was shot and killed, right? But who started that mayhem, if you will? It was the Trump people who came in from the suburbs to drive into the city with okay. paintball guns, shooting protesters. So they are bringing the violence into the cities. Okay. Do you know how stupid that is, what you just said? I'm sorry, but I have to correct you on this. Uh, It's been 90 days in Portland, 90 days that they've been terrorizing the city. Uh, That guy um, who shot and killed uh, Jay Danielson, the the Trump supporter who, who was murdered in cold blood. You can hear it on the audio. They say, we got one. We got him. They found a Trump supporter on the street and they shot him dead. The guy who did it, uh, I want to get his name right because it's not easy. As I said, this name is going to be tough to spell for the uh, WNBA girls, uh, women. I'm sorry, the, uh, the WNBA women, when they uh, when they pay tribute to uh, Michael 
Reinhold, R-E-I-N-O-E-H-L. They better get that right. He assassinated a Trump supporter. That same guy, Alex, had been arrested two more, two other times for rioting, immediately released, no bail, because that's what they do in Portland. He was arrested for having an illegal handgun and fighting the cops. They gave him his gun back and sent him on his way. And a month later, he killed a Trump supporter with the gun. How the hell is that the fault of the Trump supporters who are just trying to to fight back? Just by, trying to support by, the fight president. back by 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 by, by antagonizing people. Days, Alex, what do you and want? Driving you into and with paintball guns and shooting people with paintball guns. So yes. they're just trying well, you to further use real bullets. Like your guys, I pre- prefer they don't antagonize. What are they doing? They why, antagonize why they, what? You're talking about why? Why did they? Why did they go into Portland? Because they, they wanted to start. Support. No, because they, they wanted to start the, the violence. To they show want that violence. Portland is not totally lost. Not totally gone. They were like, look, you know, this is our city. Our we want city. To, uh, we want to get it back. It's it's out of get back to Portland, Oregon. Their city. Ninety days. Portland. Ninety days of burning. At some point. You have to push back. I commend them. Um, I'm sure, I, I, I don't know, once they get this scumbag, who is just the worst, the guy who said he's 100% Antifa, he went a month ago, he went every night to these riots and burned and looted. He brought his 11-year-old daughter and gave her a baseball bat. She's armed with a bat. She's 11. These are the See, worst. Here's the thing. Alex, it's, you're supporting the worst of I'm the worst. I'm supporting rioters. I'm supporting stories that actually matter. And I'm talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about our economic depression. I'm talking about what the hell is the plan to get us out of this dystopia. And all and, and what's happening in these cities is terrible. And Biden condemned the violence in the riots as he should have yesterday. But it, this is all like, I mean, violent crime is going up with Trump in office. So Correct. how in can Democrat you, cities how run can by Democrat mayors and Democrat governors. Correct. How it is going up. It is out of control. Are you going to blame Trump for New York City? Where, I'm blaming Trump violent for crime is off the charts. How, how he's not even welcome in these cities. How could it possibly be his fault? But good point. You, I'm blaming you, Trump for being the worst leader at this time of racial crisis. He has not said one constructive thing about this. He wants to fan the flames. He's the worst leader for these times. I mean, that uh, is it's, my it's, point. It's a stretch. I know that's the memo. The memo went out to Democrats everywhere, the Democrats on CNN and NBC, Washington Post, New York Times. They're all on the same uh, email chain as Pelosi yeah. and Schumer. They're all on the same well, email chain. They all got the same talking right. points, and they all started blaming Trump for the violence. It ain't gonna work. It's just so silly. A month ago, two weeks ago, there was no violence, and now all that violence—that's Trump's fault. You can't get your story straight. No, and, I'm uh, saying I'll that you, there's uh, Trump is in office now, so he is amazing. That he doesn't take that quote he said at the start of the coronavirus. I don't take responsibility for anything. That is so true. He's never taken okay, responsibility. I want to get to the coronavirus, but we got to get to Biden uh, because you brought it up. This is your leader, your your candidate, the guy that you think will uh, improve things in this country if he gets elected. He was asked about, I don't know what, the vi- asked about the coronavirus, correct, Cullinane, uh, yesterday. Okay. And he gives a typical Joe Biden answer. Maybe you can interpret this for us, Alex. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's when I mean, you think about it, more lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. <laughs> that guy is not fit for the office of the presidency, but you know, 
you think things will improve under under Joe Biden? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I who, who, by the way, who's running mate, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, uh, led a fundraising drive for the rioters in Minneapolis, the Freedom Fund in Minneapolis. She she and her staff, and Biden's staff too, by the way, 13 people on Biden's staff donated to bail out the rioters and looters who burned Minneapolis, who burned AutoZone and terrorized the citizens and destroyed that neighborhood. She bailed them out. Good luck with that is in the general is, election. I mean, I haven't followed that particular story. I have to investigate it. But I mean, Kamala Harris, who last week you were telling me was the Straconian uh, district attorney and attorney general. I was not telling you that. That's not a, my, one of my talking points. Trust me. Well, a lot of people on the right have been saying that, saying that yeah. Trump is to the left. But but now she's bailing out rioters. Like it doesn't really work. And Joe Biden said it yesterday. Where to be honest with you. I saw clips. I thought Biden was fine yesterday. I mean, the point that Joe Biden is this like radical, crazy, violent socialist he's is not. Up he's, he's not. He's a Trojan horse. He's it's a front absurd. man. Nobody believes he's, it. And he, I mean, it's no, ridiculous. Not, no, I never said that. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, he's the farthest left, the most leftist president, presidential candidate wow. we've ever had oh, on a major absolutely. ticket. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, he's he, you know, he's. <clears throat> against you know against fracking. I mean, he's going to ban fracking. He wants to ban he, the, the he's combustible. The, he's combustible. the exact opposite oh, yesterday. Uh, well, we have him on tape, Alex. He's lying. And and you know what? He can't control. He can't control Bernie Sanders and AOC and Ayanna Presley and the real power behind the throne. He's Again, the real power. AOC who spoke for a minute we all know that. the DNC you know, and a, endorsed Bernie Sanders. I mean, so what are you bumbling, talking? He's a bumbling, stumbling fool who doesn't appear dangerous. He's just a nice old man. But once he's in there, Sanders has made it clear he's dragged uh, Biden to the left, and he is Good. going. To, and he owes Bernie, and Bernie is going to yeah. be there saying, okay, here's what we're going to do, and it is yeah. going to be disastrous. Right, do evil things, like no. give everybody health, like, like want to give as many people health care as possible. Right, okay. like that's so evil, terrible. Here's, here's what he actually said yesterday. Does anyone think there will be less violence if Donald Trump is elected? He's using the violence as a threat, saying, if you elect Trump, you know, my guys, my people, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they ain't stopping. You want to stop the violence, you got to elect Joe Biden. But That's his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. Does anyone believe there'll be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? He's right. I mean, he's, his, he's absolutely his right. His supporters, his supporters just got one of his supporters just got assassinated in Portland. His supporters aren't part of this. And everyone knows it, Alex. I'm telling you, it's not a winning uh, strategy to say those violence. That that's Joy Reid, who's insane. She's you know disgusting. She's a liar. She's a homophobe. That she says all the violence is from right wing extremists, which is laughable. I mean, it's, it is. Yeah, I mean, right wing extremism. Zero, none, right wing extremism, Jerry, is the biggest cause of domestic terrorism in this none. country. It is not. It is. It is. And has been. Point. And by the way, that's not a Trump point. That's been the case before Trump. So I mean, it's not the case. You know it. I mean, you just you, you you're going to blame your lion eyes and say you don't see it every day in Portland and Kenosha. You think those are right wingers? It's laughable. I think Kyle Rittenhouse went to Kenosha with a rifle right. looking to and, start and, trouble. And was attacked by Antifa people. Yeah, he had stuff, he thrown, at, yeah, he had stuff, he had stuff thrown at him. But was he supposed to allow them to bash his skull in? Or How they start bashing his skull in? There's a video of him taking the skateboard and hitting him over the head. He, he, they're, they're trying to kill him. Yes. 
and he did what anyone uh, as a, everyone has a right to do. He protected himself. Uh, right now, by the way, Antifa is working hard to find out, you know, where he's being held, which jail would sell because they want to kill him. Uh, and the, the, I, well, hope, I don't think they're going to be able to get in. So uh, you never know. These mayors, these governors, sometimes uh, the police chiefs. Oh, uh, really? The police chiefs. Okay. Sometimes he's oh, by speaking of police chiefs. See what I got? See what I got? Bruin. We guess what? I'm wearing a police shirt too today. Are you? Boston University Police. I, yeah. BUPD. I got, I got my BPD. You know, in honor of the Bruins that who uh, lost yesterday. Break down that lot. What do you think about uh, the game? Just, just so you know, this is what the Boston Bruins photoshopped out of a photograph. Charlie Coyle had this shirt on that I'm wearing. It's got the Bruins logo with the PBD. It's it's uh, celebrating the alliance of the Bruins and the police, the Boston police. Charlie Coyle had this T-shirt on, shooting baskets, and an executive for the Boston Bruins working in cooperation with the Boston Globe, of course, had it removed because they didn't want, you know, Coyle to have to explain why he likes cops. It's absurd. And, and uh, you've got to wonder if that situation with Tuka Rass is one of the reasons why he left the bubble. I mean, you just have to ask. Oh, that'd be wild. What you have to ask the question. I left the bubble because I don't want to play for people that hate cops. <laughs> but I got, well, never- I, got a nice, I got a nice care package from the uh, a, a, a wife of uh, a Boston police officer thanking us, Colin A, for our support. Yes. Um, and very nice note. So well, never uh, let it be said that I don't support the police because I'm wearing a BUPD shirt today as well. BUPD? Yes, the Boston University Police. I'm a big fan. Uh, Wow, they like you? Is they like AOC? Do you let the cops pee in their bathrooms? Or That's a good question. No, what would happen? Like, what happened to the what? Berkeley Berkeley College won't let the cops, Boston cops, use oh, their well. restrooms? Well, that's fine. Because you know they're just so they're just so woke. It's just disgusting. They are woke. But yes. uh, that that you know I I'm looking forward to like on a daily basis. Uh, Biden's gaffes, just just the utter buffoonery is is worth is worth watching yeah, every day. Fine. He left his basement. Which was odd. I think he's feeling the pressure. He's got to get out of the basement and uh, gave pizza to a bunch of firemen. And he just got heckled by some guy that's that knows he's against fracking and, and, and does not uh, support Biden. And Biden doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to handle the heckling. He's at that point. He's like this cranky old man who's going to snap at people that give him a hard time when he's out on the trail. I look forward to it. Uh, I'll tell you what else I look, I'm looking forward to today, Alex Reamer, today could be the end of the Kennedy dynasty. I've said this for months, but I don't, I'm torn. I hate, oh, I should say I hate Joe Kennedy. I'm not a fan of Joe Kennedy. I he hate likes him. you. Hold on, Joe Kennedy. So I, when I uh, was a very famous political operative in the state house for quite a long time, um, I actually, I met Joe Kennedy at an event last fall. He pretended like he knew me. I don't know if that's true or not, but he said he's a big fan of Jerry Callahan. So I met him and he was very nice. He said he yes. listened to my, my old yes. show. Um, and I was surprised and I've heard good things about He's him. a nice, if you've, I mean, I only talked to him for literally like 90 seconds, but he comes across as, and you can tell that he tries to do this. He comes across as very humble and you know, he's, he seems like a nice guy. I mean, he does. And I, so I said that I said, I met him. He seemed like a nice guy. And Marky is not a nice guy. Mike Marky is a terrible guy and a terrible Senator. And he's, he's hitched his wagon to AOC and he's just, and he's 74 years old and it's time to go. But if he wins, you know, he has, what, one term left, and that'll be it. And if and that'll put the nail in the coffin of the Kennedy the crime family yeah. forever. I mean, I'm not blaming Joe Kennedy for the crimes of his uh, degenerate uncle or his grand, uh, great uncle, 
uh, as great uncles. Uh, but it will be nice to see national to see Massachusetts to show the door to the Kennedy dynasty. I can't believe it because usually, you know, Kennedy's and this kid is artic- you know, fairly articulate as Kennedy's go. And he's been pandering his ass off to everything, talking every day about, you know, racial injustice and uh, environmental injustice and all the usual talking points. So I thought he would, he'd prevail. And I was looking forward to seeing Marquis just, Marquis just go. But here are the latest polls. This is from two days ago, Alex. UMass Lowell poll, 52 to 40. Marquis winning. Marquis winning. Uh, There were two other polls, 50-43 and 51-41. Today's election day in Massachusetts and Marquis Marquis is going to win. Kennedy is going to lose. He's not going back to the Congress, to the House. He's out. He's out. And he's the last elected official in this this detestable uh, family. And that's a good thing. I mean, I hate to celebrate it because the Globe endorsed Marquis, which is amazing. The Globe endorsed Kennedy's opponent. Usually the Globe just waits for their orders from the Kennedy family, from some Kennedy operative, and they do what they're told. That's what they've been doing for decades. They flipped the script, man, and they went with Markey and against Kennedy, and their their guy is going to win. Uh, maybe there'll be some miracle, and the Republicans, Kevin O'Connor, will prevail in November, but I, I doubt so. it. I doubt it. But isn't that amazing? Like today, today, the headlines are going to be everywhere. It'll be CNN and Fox News and everywhere else that the Kennedy dynasty is no more. Well, I mean, the issue is, and I voted for Markey with a mail-in ballot. Very Did excited you? to do that. Yes, I voted eight times for Ed Markey. I got eight mail-in ballots, so I voted eight times. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, why? But, Just uh, he's an AOC guy? Is that why you voted for him? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Kennedy ever really articulated why he was running, besides the fact that he thought it would be easier to beat Ed Markey than beat Ayanna Presley in a couple of years when she runs for Warren's right, seat right. and Warren steps down. So, 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 so I, I think that's really why he never articulated why he was running. And in terms of policy, I mean, Ed Markey, I know you hate him, but he's been a leader on environmental issues for decades. Uh, big telecoms guy, Jerry, for decades as well. He's the worst. He's a genuine, he's, he's, he's a genuine progressive, has been for a long time. He's been head of the curve on a lot of these issues that are now in vogue. And Kennedy just hasn't really, again, articulated why he's running. So uh, yeah, that's why I voted for Mark. They, well, is- no, it wouldn't, there'd be no difference. They, whoever gets in will vote the same way. The other yeah. guy, would, the, whoever gets in will vote straight lefty 99% with AOC, you know, with the, with Bernie, with the radical left, sadly. I mean, they've learned nothing, uh, but that will be interesting to see uh, Kennedy give a concession speech. And I don't know if they'll, uh, you know, hear from other Kennedys, hear from his father or anybody else, but, it's going to be, I mean, I don't want to see Markey's, you know, victory per us party, but I do want to see, I do want to see these Kennedys slink off into the night because that's a great thing. Uh, you know, regardless of who's winning, it's a great thing to finally put an end to this, this ignominious chapter. Well, and, 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 and Kennedy wound, wound up running a kind of whiny campaign complaining of, I mean, he was saying that the, the, the political establishment is against me. Oh, I mean, really, Joe Kennedy, the political establishment. I know, that's is a against good point. You. I mean, it's whiny. And then he was complaining about how mean Markey supporters are online. It's like, right. really? I mean, he, he just turned into a whiny. Well, Markey, you know. Markey fights, fights dirty. You know that. He's old school. He fights dirty and, you know, his supporters fight dirty. Could he get a haircut, Alex? I mean, Looks I, good, I, right? <laughs> he's got that long, that old man long hair. He needs to get a haircut. But uh, 
That that's happening as we speak. All the uh, the non-working class, the supporters, the base of Ed Markey are showing up. Uh, actually, yeah. you're probably right. They all mailed in the dozen ballots already. Right. Sure. Uh, you see the numbers on early voting. That in-person voting, Trump leads by like 20, and mail-in he trails by 40 percent. Right. He's so right. Mail-in balloting is just another rigged way to uh, to to get Biden over the top. Uh, all right, I want to get to, I, I, I should do Shake Concrete, but then I want to get to the big story in Boston and other places yesterday and of late is the, just the dying of these local institutions, the, the, the restaurants, the bars, and it's, it, it's funny, uh, Cullen had said this before we started recording, when you, when people get upset when it's their bar, you know, there's 4,000 bars and restaurants right. that have gone out of business in Massachusetts and it's not, it's just a number until it's your bar. And yesterday, a couple of iconic places uh, went belly up, thanks to our governor. And we'll talk about that after I talk about Shea Concrete. Shea Concrete's a fourth generation owned and operated businesses, working hard day in and day out to be your trusted precast concrete partner. They're a local company, but they're all over New England. You know that. They get four state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities. Probably have one near you. And you know what? They're all hiring. Check it out. If you're a contractor, let me tell you, some of the products shake and deliver to your job site ready for installation. Water and wastewater products, barriers and bullards, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. These guys can do it all. And if you're an engineer, shake and help you design your next project. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. And you know what else you can do when you do that? Uh, go there. You can listen to the precast podcast. It is the best podcast in the precast business. It also happens to be the only podcast in the precast business. But what they, they talk about all these things. If this if you want to learn more, know more about the business and what they can do, check it out after you listen to this podcast. But check out the precast podcast and uh, find out a lot more about the business and about shakeconcrete.com. Uh, yesterday... And this has been happening almost on a daily basis. I tweet about it, and it gets people going because it is outrageous. Alex, you mentioned the COVID and coronavirus earlier. It is the biggest lie we've ever been told. The biggest lie we have ever been told is that 180,000 people have died of the virus and kids are susceptible and kids shouldn't go to school and business shouldn't open and kids shouldn't play sports. It's one big freaking lie. We learned this. I know. Go, go ahead. Uh, a lot of rebuttals. I, 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 hate, man, I hate to give you facts and information and news, but I'm going to do it anyway, Alex. I mean, you can read up if you'd like. You don't have to, but it turns out the big number is six. Six percent. I know. Six uh, percent of the deaths were actually caused by COVID. 187,000 dead. It turns out only 9,200 died strictly of COVID. The rest, Jerry, one okay. or two or three comorbidities. Okay. Can, uh, I, can, can I Can I? ask you a question, though, about that just, statistic? Just let me finish. It was a lie from the beginning. The percentage of the population of 330 million who died of COVID is 0.00001. Very nice. I don't know there, but it's very, very mm-hmm. unlikely. The schools never should have been closed. Sports never should have been suspended. It was a lie from the beginning. The two weeks to stop the spread, to flatten the curve, was a lie from the beginning, and they are still lying to you, and it is costing people 
jobs and bars and restaurants and businesses and their life savings. It is the biggest lie we have ever been told, and there doesn't appear to be any end in sight. Go ahead, Alex. Okay, well, I would say that that statistic, 94% of people who died of COVID, according to CEC, had underlying conditions. But if they didn't contract COVID, they would still be alive, right? No, that is not no. true. They had comorbidities. They had other fatal illnesses. Right, right. But, they, right, and they contracted they COVID and died. Heart disease. Right, they a- and they contracted COVID and they died after they contracted COVID. So the COVID didn't kill them. Uh, there was a number of the combination of COVID and their underlying conditions. There was a study out, yes. of, out of Italy that said two thirds of the COVID deaths wouldn't have made the end of the year anyway because they were very old and they were very sick. It is putting the final nail into people who are very old and have cancer and have heart disease and have respiratory disease. It, I'm not saying it's helping matters, but it is killing people who are dying of other things. The idea that because of this disease, because of this uh, virus, you should shut schools. And by the way, teachers are still refusing to go to school and do their jobs, which is absurd and cancel sports and not, and, and put businesses, bars and restaurants out of business. It is a freaking lie. I'm, I'm, I don't know what more people can do. See, here's what I don't understand about you. Like, I mean, we kind of agree on COVID, Jerry. I mean, I think schools should be open. In Massachusetts now, the positive test rate is below 1%. Below 1%. Okay? So, I mean, fewer than one, I mean, fewer than one out of 100 people who get tested come back positive. I agree on that. And I think politics, I've said it on the show, is driving now a lot of the decisions to keep Excellent. schools closed. But you ha- we have to, I mean, you can't tell me, Jerry, that this has been a hoax. You're a smart guy. That CDC statistic, Jerry, does not mean that only 6% of people died of COVID. It means that- I'm, I'm not, I didn't say it was a hoax. I said- you Kind of what you said. You said it's a lie. It's a lie. The, yeah. the, the, the lie is that kids are in danger of, of, of dying if they go to school, if they play sports, if they go to a restaurant. Kids or uh, We know who it kills. We know it kills the old, the elderly, right. and the, the obese, the vulnerable, people with other comorbidities. Right. Which is people a lot of people in our country. Conditions. The, the chances of it killing you if you're a college student or a college athlete or a high school athlete is non-existent. It's not there. Okay, I, people, I wouldn't say it's non-existent, but not just, you know, the usual suspects, you know, the Boston Globe or, you know, CNN, the usual people who have an interest in bringing down Trump and advancing, helping Biden. So they lie. They lie on a daily basis. But you hear these these suburban moms who are afraid to send their kids to school and their kids, if they don't go to school are facing much more danger, you know, uh, emotional problems, mental problems than they would if they went to school. That's a freaking fact. And at some point people have to rise up yesterday. And um, we're bringing this up because a bunch of uh, restaurants uh, every day, this over now, I think we're over 4,000 bars and restaurants that have gone under in Massachusetts alone. It's more than a quarter of them. It's going to be up to, you know, who knows, a third, a half before November 3rd when when Charlie Baker will, if his guy Biden wins, he'll be happy and he'll probably ease the restrictions. But yesterday it was a, a legal seafood, a, an iconic one. It's in Park Square in Boston. Uh, the Fours, which is perhaps the most uh, popular, most famous sports bar in Boston. It's right near the Globe. It's right below the Legacy Club where we are often. And uh, it's hard to believe 
because it was so popular is you just think of these institutions as, you know, uh, in, invulnerable, you know, you don't see, so what if they take a few months off and when they open up again, they'll be packed. They're gone. They're gone never to return. And our governor, he was confronted the other day by a restaurant owner and he just blew the guy off. Just was a total dink to him and blew him off. The guy's life is going down the tubes up in flames. And he wants to know why, because he's not, his restaurant is not full of obese 85 year olds. His, if they get the virus, everyone's not going to die. Most of the people who go to the, the fours, if they got the virus, wouldn't even know it. Well, here's the question that I have. Like, we, we've had uh, so many news stories the last week about the University of Alabama, right? There's been like 500 cases or whatever. My question is, how many of these cases are severe? Are they being ill? Are they going to the hospital? Because otherwise, I don't really care about cases, to be honest with you. Uh, I want to know if they're ill, if they're going to the hospital. I mean, it's, so they get sick or they well, don't get you're, sick. You're a good example. You're a guy, you're in your 20s, you're in good shape. Thank you're you. not fat Thank at God. all. And I assume you have a lot of friends similar. I mean, I do have friends. You guys, I mean, there, there are no jobs out there. I've seen my, my daughter just graduated and tried. She got a job, but it wasn't easy because there's so many places that just say, don't, you know, talk to us after the virus. Businesses are barely hanging on. And it's not because of the virus. As I tweeted yesterday, it's because of the reaction or the overreaction to the virus in New Jersey, the same deal. They have a, uh, they have a petty tyrant for a governor, a classmate, a high school classmate of uh, Charlie Baker, uh, Phil Murphy. He's he's not the worst because he's right next to Cuomo, but he's one of the worst. And he has put gyms and restaurants and bars out of business like like as, as much as Baker and Cuomo. Just destroyed private industries. Um, they're easing up on their restrictions on Friday. You know, big concession Friday, the end of this week before uh, Labor Day. They're going to be allowed, restaurants are going to be allowed to fill uh, up to 25% of capacity. Now, that does nothing. That's just teasing them. I mean, the, I saw a restaurant owner from New Jersey interviewed, and he's like, we, we can't make it. I mean, it's, it's better than nothing, but we can't make it with this uh, current plan. 25%. What restaurant do you know that could survive with only 25% capacity. None, None right? do. I mean, I, I've said before on the show, I don't see how any restaurant outside right. of like takeout Chinese or pizza is able to survive during COVID. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, I don't see it. But what's, it, the, it, like, it, what's the timing of all this? Like, is this, do you think this is restaurants who are just like fighting for their lives right now? And now we're reaching that boiling point where. Well, I, yeah. My guess is that when the lease is up, that they may have to make a decision whether they're going to re-up for a year, two years, whatever. And they're saying, I, you know, who knows when this will end. Baker's plan, I have no doubt, and I and I have some sources. Baker's plan is to keep just crushing the life out of businesses until Election Day. He hates Trump. His goal is to get remove the evil orange man. I'm not sure if the next day they, cha- they, they lift the restrictions, but there's no plans to do it until Election Day. And when you think about it, a lot of these places depend on summer. Boston, you know, whatever, Maine, you know, Cape Cod, these places. Another institution down the Cape, I don't know if you guys ever went to the Lobster Claw, mm-hmm. a great seafood place uh, that I've been a couple of times. They're gone. They're gone because it's the end of the summer. They weren't allowed to fill the place and make money, and they have no shot. When fall comes and winter comes, they're done, in, you know, so they just close the doors and 
and uh, they're no more. And it is remarkable. Oh, a, place, a place like the Fours was totally fucked regardless because their entire business is dependent on Bruins, Celtics, concerts, things like that. You can, nobody was, like, you weren't going to go to a Bruins game. You weren't going to go to a Celtics game during this pandemic, were you? Well, the owner or is it the manager, I saw him interviewed, and he said three things. One was tourism in the summer. They they get people in the summer because Boston's full of tourists, just like and everything everywhere in Faneuil Hall, the North End, they're getting crushed because there's not much tourism. And the garden's closed, so no games. And the federal employees, because there's a big federal building and a couple of federal buildings, uh, they come for lunch and they're all out on furlough, or not furlough, they're on vacation. Uh, so uh, they get you know hit by uh, from every direction. But the idea that you know we're going to let you have 25%, you might as well just you know, shoot me now. Just put the bullet in my head because I can't survive on 25%. And it's maddening because we now know, again, we know who this, who's affected by this virus. It's not people going to sports bars. It's not uh, kids going to school. It's not college football players. This scene right now in college wow. football is so bizarre, Alex. And, and you're a sports guy. Let's get back okay. to sports. Okay. Good. You know, like, again, we t- talked about this last week. The Big Ten won't play because the commissioner of the Big Ten is a big Biden supporter, hates mm-hmm. Trump, Kevin right. Warren. So he said no Big Ten football. Why are you saying that? Because he's is because he's black? Why is he a big no, Biden because supporter? He, because he's got a whole track record of hating Trump. Gretchen oh, Whitmer, yeah. governor of Michigan, hates Trump. She doesn't. She says not only can University of Michigan not play, but high schools can't play. High school kids are in no danger from this, they want you to believe they are. They are lying to you. It is absurd. Um, but you got places like Iowa, where Iowa can, Iowa State can play, Iowa can't, and high schools can play, but the University of Iowa can't play. You have places like Indiana, where the University of Indiana and Purdue can't play, Notre Dame can play. So the virus only attacks certain conferences is that where we're supposed to believe it's just so ridiculous well but we had such a failed federal response to this as well jerry where we had a lockdown in march and april and got none of the benefits and all of the negative consequences from we didn't have a robust testing and contact tracing program not to go through that again but that would be the answer matter. right if anybody matter. if anybody could get a test though at any time then that would be an answer because then you could go out free not wear your answer. mask why? Because you can virtually. I mean, you you saw no, the you number can. of tests. You saw the number of tests uh, the other day in Massachusetts. It's off the charts. People are getting tested, and they're testing negative. Lots of people who don't need tests are going for tests. Well, that's uh, good schools- though. Everyone, before you do, like that would be the answer. Like, let's have events, and before you go in, you get an instant COVID test. We should have invested like billions of dollars into this. All the money we Why? spend. What does testing doesn't matter because you could walk out, get a negative test, and get the virus ten minutes later. Then yeah, it's, but, but 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 it, it, it doesn't it, matter. But here's here's the difference, it, it Alex. April, so it's better March not April. to know, right? Okay. In March and April, well, you know, do you, how do you feel right now? Do you feel good? I feel fine. Yeah, fine. You, you look you look okay. Um, do yeah, you think well, you need a better. test? Do you think you'd say you were going to go to a whatever, uh, go to work, go to school, and they said you need a test? You'd be like, but I'm fine. I don't feel anything. I don't have any effects. I'm I not- would take it, though. I, I've taken two COVID tests, and I, I'm happy to take more. I, and I, don't I have two. I mean- I've taken one, and there was no reason for it. Uh, I knew I was fine. I knew I wasn't uh, feeling yeah. any symptoms. I knew I wasn't a problem. But anyway, lots of people are doing unnecessarily but as you point out, the, the positive rate is below one. That means it's not a problem right now. It is not a problem. We didn't know enough about it in April, March and April. Would you agree with that, right? We didn't know it attacked certain 
this restaurant thing is going to continue to election day. And it's sad. It's sad. Ford's was a great place. Legal. I mean, there's restaurants all over the cities, all over all these Democrat run cities, the Democrat states, they're just going to go under for political purposes, political reasons. You know what boggles my mind, Alex, is Baker's approval rating is still sky high and he knows it. He's, he, he knows that people, they want to be protected. They feel like they need, you know, daddy governor, daddy government to protect yeah. them, to, to, to hold them to their bosom and protect them from the evil virus. They're stupid. Okay. They're stupid. If they approve of what Baker's doing, destroying businesses, they're idiots. And, but he's going to keep doing it because the globe loves him and the approval ratings are good. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, twenty uh, percent of businesses I'm reading here uh, that were open in January are either closed permanently or closed temporarily, and that'll only get worse. And I think to, to go back to what you said earlier, Dave, you know, why now? Because a lot of these restaurants were like, okay, if the summer is as good as it's going to get, <laughs> we have right. no chance of of moving forward. And it's very sad. It's very depressing. And I, I just hope that people. Don't become complacent and accept this as just the way it is. This is not the way it should be. This is not a way to live. And every friggin' day, we should be outraged and and clawing and trying to figure out ways to get back because this is just, it's the literally the government shutting down your business and then you have no other means to to make money. And it's just- We agree. We agree on that, that these people shutting down the economy just to hurt Trump is outrageous. Uh, absolutely outrageous. Well, there are ways to, we should be all we should be all about trying to figure out how to do risk mitigation and best operate as normal as we can until we there's a vaccine. Because just staying home, we know being isolated is not an answer. Six months into this, it just right. doesn't. We, exactly, we know how to do it. You send kids to school, they play sports, you open bars, you open restaurants, and you keep grandma safe, keep her isolated. Sadly, uh, unless you know, unless you're out there protesting uh, uh, racial injustice, people are smart and careful and they're wearing their masks and they're keeping their distance and you can do it and you can do it and you can go to school and you can play sports, but it's all political now. And they're in, we're in the fight of our lives for the next 60 days. And I feel bad for restaurant owners and managers and bartenders because they're the victims here. Baker and Murphy and Cuomo and Gretchen Whitmer don't give a damn about them. I love the idea that these, Liberals care about working class people. They are putting working class people out of work every day and they don't give a damn. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention when we talked about Marquis and Kennedy? You know what the turning point was? Kennedy took out an ad in Worcester and spelled Worcester wrong. That pissed off a lot of people, made him look like an out of touch, you know, elitist liberal. I think that was was it. That marks the end of the Kennedy dynasty when they took out, think about it. I mean, Ted Kennedy's killing people. John F. Kennedy's forcing himself on interns. I mean, that's just the biggest bunch of scoundrels. The end of the Kennedy dynasty today, September 1st, 2020, will be remembered because the last guy in line, Joe, 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 Joe Kennedy III, uh, misspelled Worcester. Doesn't know how to spell Worcester. But congratulations to Ed Markey, your guy, the Globes guy, and uh, good luck, Joe Kennedy. I hope you can survive on your whatever trust fund probably got 40 million dollars in the bank i think he'll be okay but today that's it that's it joe kennedy uh the kennedys are gone along with lots of other institutions you know legal seafood and lobster claw and fours and cheers and eastern standard and all these other institutions these iconic bars are gone and so is the kennedy dynasty what a strange strange time 
we are living through here. And before I go, I'd be remiss. We have another big primary in Massachusetts today. We don't live there, but Western Mass, Richie Neal versus my guy, Alex Morse. Let's go Morse. I mean, that's a great story. What's Is that the guy who, um, oh, that's the, per, the, the, the guy who uh, had relations with his students? No, not like, see, this, not with his students, with just college students. His students. With college, not his students. Okay, other, t- other people's students. He was framed. You should be all over this. You should be Alex Morse's biggest. Alex Morse was framed. He was framed by these college Democrats who wanted to break into politics through Richie Neal. He was framed. Right. We got to get, the, we gotta get Jerry to add the intercept to his, uh, to his browser right. favorites section. Yeah, I did. All- I followed the intercept for a while. I mean, I like Glenn Greenwald. He's kind of an iconoclast, but... Uh, uh, they're, they're the ones covering all this Alex Morris stuff? Yeah, Alex Morris was totally framed. Who's the other one obsessed with it? Is it Katie Halper's obsessed with it? Is yeah, I'm doing? obsessed with the story, too. I yeah. mean, he was the, the homophobic tropes. This is a guy who was just having consensual sex, and he was painted as this, uh, this with, predator. With children. With children. Not with like children. With not, his, not his students, other yeah. students. I mean, he's, oh, right. he's, he's not like he's not like Becky Falwell. I mean, let's not, you know, get crazy. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, the Falwells. We should do that another day. I, something tells me we're not done with the Falwells. See, because I can relate to that. Some some kink, as, as you pointed out, we're not going to kink shame because uh, there were no real victims in this one. There's a lot of hypocrisy, but no real victims. But God, is Jerry Falwell a weirdo? If he's into that, if he's into watching his wife with the bull boy, that is one. Strange, it's a very, it's a very cuck thing to do. Very strange, very strange. But I can't relate to it. But uh, anyway, uh, good job, Reamer. I will. You can read Reamer at uh, Out Sports mm-hmm. and Forbes. Forbes.com. You got anything yeah. good in the in the pipeline? We, I'm we, doing we, uh, overnights over Labor Day weekend, Sunday and Monday uh, nights. Uh, CBS. Are so you? Oh yeah, lucky me. And you'll be talking about what the NBA playoffs. Well, we have some game sevens on the horizon. Are the Celtics? I mean, you the, think, the, the, you think we do? Maybe there'll be another shooting and they'll cancel the season. You never. I know. mean, they, the the Heat have been able to stop Giannis twice now, so that's what I'm wow. looking out for. Yeah, um, I'm. Look, we'll be listening, Alex. Thank is, you. Is, is Taco Fall going to be a competitive swimmer by the time you take over uh, nights at CBS Sports? Did you see that video yesterday? Yes, yes I did. I it did. Was, it was riveting. It's well, I'm, I don't know. I, I always think stuff like that's wild. You're a professional basketball player, but you don't know how to swim. I don't know. That's stuff. Well, Jerry's going to analyze that. We haven't, you haven't analyzed the Bruins performance in the bubble. Why was it different than the regular season? Uh, it was all the fault of uh, Matt Chimura. Okay. You know, every, nothing went right after they turned their backs on the Boston police. After they turned their backs on the BP. That was it. <laughs> uh, it was all downhill from there. That's a lesson to be learned. It's time to support the cops, to sport, support the men in blue. Because, Alex, as I always say, blue lives matter. Okay. All right. Thanks, Reamer. Thanks. thanks to Allied Paving and Shake Concrete and DCU and all our wonderful sponsors. We've got a new one we're working on. Oh, oh, I got to make this announcement. I should. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe it will. But we have another another liberal who wants to join us, a fighter, Uh-oh. who says he likes you, but uh, you need help in who? battling me. Uh, he's a big Black Lives Matter supporter. And uh, we're going to talk to him today, and maybe he'll join us this week. He wants to set me straight. And uh, here on this, here on the Callahan podcast, we're all for that uh, that disagreement, that debate. We uh, encourage it. So maybe we'll uh, 
have a new left wing Looney Tune to go along with uh, Reamer uh, soon. We'll, we'll, we think that's going to happen this week, Cullinane? Yes, we think so. We're trying. So we'll Who see. is this person so I can sabotage him? Uh, his name is Justin, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully hear from Justin this week. I look forward to it. But uh, hopefully he'll be not quite as uh, insane as you, Reamer, but uh, hopefully uh, he'll be up for the fight. I'm, I'm up for it anytime, any place. All right. Thanks, Reamer, and thanks, Cullinane. Uh, this is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.